seated. Just to give us an idea of where we are going as a church. We are going through several seasons as a church. And right now we are in a season where we are uh, really working on developing the prayer life of the individuals in the church and of us corporately as a church. So the focus of our teaching, the focus of many things you're doing is to build up the prayer life of the church and of individuals in the church. And what we are, or where we will be going in the latter half of this year, we will transition into a time where we'll take this a step further as we begin to focus in on the supernatural and begin to press in to expect the supernatural manifestation of God. Amen? God is God who wants to reveal Himself. And when God shows up, most of the time it's supernatural. Amen? So we really want to get into that and say, God, manifest your power, so forth your glory uh, through each one of us as individuals and as a church. And so we'll, be begin, we'll get into that a latter half of this year. And then in the early part of next year, we're going to combine prayer, combine the supernatural with every believer flowing and moving in the supernatural. Combine that and move into a time of explosive evangelism. Amen? Where each one of us will be going out there and winning people for the kingdom of God through prayer and through the supernatural working of God through all of our lives. Amen. And then from there, we just move on to the latter part of next year. We will uh, focus more on the prophetic and the apostolic to bring us to a place to become a prophetic and an apostolic people, a people who can hear from God and say what God is saying, and a people who will know how to pioneer and go out and step out and extend and further the kingdom of God in our city and in our nation. Amen. So that's kind of our journey over this year and over the next year. Tell your neighbor, are you ready? Amen? We're going somewhere and we are kind of building towards something so that all of us as God's people can come to new places and new levels in our personal walk with God and us corporately as a church. Amen. Now, I realize that many of us sitting here have our personal challenges. You say, Pastor, it's wonderful you're talking about prayer, talking about ministry, talking about supernatural, but what about my bank loan? What about, you know, the problem I'm facing in my job? Or what about the family problems that I have? What about my career problems? What about this? What about that? You're talking about prayer. You're in cloud nine and I'm here with my feet on the ground. Here, you know? And we tend to see a big disconnect between uh, all these things that we're talking about and our everyday life. But really I want us to understand that these are very closely connected. Because when you learn to pray, you will know how to pray over a situation in your life and see God move. Amen? Rather than sitting there hopeless and wondering how I'm going to solve my problem, when you take these things about prayer, pray for yourself and pray for somebody else, together we're going to solve family problems. Together we're going to solve bank loan problems and uh, debt problems and financial crisis and all kinds of things when we learn to rise up together in prayer. Amen? So I don't see a disconnect. If we will really take these things and begin to apply them in our life, although we are not, not directly talking about your problems and this issue and that issue, I believe that you can see a solution to so many of those things if we will take these things to heart and begin to apply them in our lives. Amen? 
We talk about the supernatural. Yes, we, we can see the power of God at work in our lives to bring healing, to bring deliverance, to bring change to situations that may be in a deadlock for many years. Suddenly the supernatural power of God comes in and turns it around in a day, in a moment. Amen. So, although we're going to be talking about many things that might maybe a little bit, you know, a, a, a distant or might appear distant from our everyday life, I want us to understand that if we can take that, we can apply these truths in everyday life and see God work. Amen? This morning we're going to continue our study on prayer. And I just want to quickly review some of the things we've talked about in prayer since the beginning of this year. This is our eighth Sunday on this message. And we just keep going until we kind of dig out everything in prayer and put it into our hearts. Amen? So we talked about when we began, why pray? We began by saying that the reason we pray is because God has given us a responsibility on this earth to the point where God would do nothing on the earth without us working together with Him. The heavens He has, but the earth He has given to the children of men. So we have a tremendous responsibility. Dominion on the earth has been placed in the hands of men. And therefore we must, therefore we must pray so that God can work and move through our circumstances and in, in, in this earth. We said God promises to answer prayer. Prayer is not a meaningless you know, a thing that we do where we just send words up to heaven. No, God answers prayer. We talk about different kinds of prayer. We, we discuss God's instruction on prayer over two Sundays. How God instructs us to pray. We follow the model of the Lord's prayer and then also instructions on praying with faith and perseverance and so on. Then we talked about developing our personal prayer life. Each one of us can develop our personal prayer life. And then finally, we, we, the last message in the series was on praying prophecy into fulfillment. And then we went on time on Good Friday and Easter and we had a guest minister last Sunday. So we kind of, we had a little break there. But now we're picking up from where we stopped and moving on in our journey and discovery of prayer. This morning, we want to talk about intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer. And it's, it's wonderful to know this and to do this because regardless of what we may be able to do and may not be able to do, all of us can be involved in intercessory prayer. Amen? Not all of us can, you know, maybe, you know, standing up here to preach. Not all of us may be up here to play and lead in worship. Not all of us may be, uh, you know, doing different things. But all of us, whether however gifted we are and whatever way we are gifted, all of us can be involved in this ministry of intercessory prayer. All you need is a room and a willingness to do it. Amen? That's all. And all of us can be having a powerful ministry of intercessory prayer. So I want you to play cl pay close attention to what we're going to learn over the next few Sundays on intercessory prayer. You know, intercession is simply going to God on behalf of somebody else. It's simply going to God on behalf of somebody else. People need intercessors. Let's go to the book of Job, chapter 9. Job, chapter 9. We're going to look at two passages from Job. To establish that people need intercessors. Man has a need for an intercessor. In Job, chapter 9. You look at verses 32 and 33. We know Job's predicament at that moment in life. We know that Satan had caused great devastation in his life. He had lost his children. He had lost a lot of his property. 
He himself was afflicted with sickness and pain in his body. And there he was sitting in that condition. And this is his request. So this is his plea. In Job chapter 9, verses 32 and 33, Job says, He, that is God, is not a man as I am, that I may answer him, and that we should go to court together. Nor is there any mediator between us who may lay his hand on us both. So Job is in this situation in life. And many of us at different seasons in life find us in find ourselves or may find ourselves in those kinds of or similar situations where we are we've been really devastated, whatever our problems we're going through, situations we're going through. And what does Job say in that situation? He says, you know, I don't have the strength to argue with God. I'm not a, God is not a man like I am that I can take God to court. I can't argue with God. I, can, I can't make my case here. But here's what I wish for. Verse 33. Neither is there a mediator between us who may lay his hands on us So that is intercession. Being a mediator between somebody here on earth and God in heaven. Amen. And many people in situations similar to what Job was going through at that moment in life can really do with the help of a mediator, of an intercessor. Amen. And if we will learn to stand in the gap for each other like this, we'll really be able to strengthen one another. Over in chapter 16, verses 20 and 21, Job kind of repeats this. In chapter 16 of Job, verses 20 and 21, he says, My friends scorn me, my eyes pour out tears to God. Oh, that one might plead for a man with God. As a man pleads for his neighbor. Or as a man pleads for his friend. Once again he repeats. He says, you know, my friends are scorning me. Now they come and talk to me, Job, what about all your righteousness? You're the, you were one of the most righteous men. What, what, what happened to all that? You know, living a righteous life. Where's all that gone? No, Job, you're probably a hiding sinner. You've got some bones in your closet. You've been doing all these wrong things and just presenting a nice picture to everyone. What have you done against God? And discarning Him and accusing Him. And so Job says, you know, I really can't pray. Just my tears are going out to God. That's all. And what does he ask for? What does he long for? Verse 21. Oh. And here's what I'm longing for. Oh, that one might plead for a man with God. As a man pleads for his friend. What I want is I wish somebody would plead my case with God. The interesting thing is the same Hebrew words are used in Job chapter 9 and verse 33. And in Job 16 and verse 21. And in Job 9.33 it's the word translated mediator. In Job 16.22, Job 16.21 it's talking about a man who pleads my case. So an intercessor is a mediator, somebody who pleads somebody's case before God. 
a mediator. Somebody who goes between man and God. Somebody who pleads the case of one person before God. A mediator, an intercessor. A go-between, somebody who reconciles, who negotiates between two parties, who represents one to another. So to intercede simply means to mediate, to go between. Are we understanding that this morning? Yes. It just means to go between, to mediate, to negotiate, to reconcile, to be a reconciler. That's an intercessor. Now, the Lord Jesus did a great work of intercession. And he is doing a work of intercession. So we can kind of see more dimensions on what intercession is as we look at the Lord Jesus. So let's go in our Bibles to Isaiah the 53rd chapter. Isaiah 53 and we look at verse 12. As we create, as we bring about a definition for intercession. Isaiah 53 verse 12. It's talking about what Jesus did on the cross. And here's what Isaiah says. Isaiah 53 verse 12. Therefore I will divide him a portion with the great. And he shall divide the spoil with the strong. Because he poured out his soul unto death. And he was numbered with the transgressors. He bore the sin of many. And made intercession for the transgressors. So the work that Jesus did on Calvary's cross was a work of intercession. It was a work of intercession. So here we understand something more. Intercession is not only a prayer you pray, it's something you do. Amen? What did Jesus do? He bore the sin of many. And in doing that, he made intercession for the transgressors so intercession is here we see another dimension of intercession it is bearing somebody else's burden amen intercession is bearing somebody else's burden because on the cross he bore our sins bible says he made intercession for us He bore our sins. He became our burden bearer. Our burdens he took. So in intercession what you're really doing is you're bearing somebody else's burden. If you want to picture it, you can think of a creeping plant, a creeper. It usually kind of hangs down like that. But what do you do? What do we normally do? We take it up, we put a stake around, a stick around it, uh, put it in the ground, and we put the creeper around the stick. The stick acts like an intercessor in one way. It bears the burden. It helps the creeping plant stand up. So many people in life are weighed down because of that. They need somebody who can come alongside, who will help bear their burden. To be an intercessor is to be a burden bearer. Amen? From Job we learn to be an intercessor means to be a go-between, a mediator, to plead one's case before God. 
Isaiah 53, we learn an intercessor is a burden bearer. You're stepping into somebody else's burden. I mean, you don't have to do it. But you're stepping in and saying, hey, I'll help you stand. I'll give you some support. I'll give you some strength. One of the ways we do it is through prayer. Amen. We supply strength into their lives through prayer. Praying for them. We see another dimension of intercession as we look at Jesus Christ as our present day intercessor. If you go over to the New Testament, the Bible says that even today, although Jesus finished his work of intercession on the cross when he became our substitute and our atonement, he is still continuing as our intercessor in the presence of the Father. In what way is he interceding for us today? We look at a couple of scriptures. We go to Romans chapter 8 and verse 34. Romans 8.34. It says in Romans 8 and verse 34. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God who makes intercession for us. So Jesus is at the right hand of God making intercession for us. Therefore we don't have to feel condemned if anybody condemns us. We can be free from accusation, free from condemnation because there is an intercessor. There is somebody who is at the right hand of God interceding for us. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25. Hebrews 7 verse 25. It says, Who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices first. Sorry, Hebrews 7 verse 25. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Hebrews 7 25. Jesus is there to make intercession for them, those who come to God through him. And in chapter 9 and verse 24, it says, For Christ, Hebrews 9 24. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. So Christ is appearing in the presence of God for us. He lives to make intercession for us, for those who come to God by Him. Nobody can charge us, lay a charge against us. Why? Because we have Christ who is interceding for us. Now the Greek word there to intercede, lest we misunderstand the meaning of that, the Greek word there simply means to meet. To meet. So when it says Jesus is interceding for us, it doesn't mean you and I can retire from prayer. Hey, he's praying. Jesus is praying. So I can sleep. Aram say, no. It says he intercedes, he's meeting with the Father. He's appearing with the Father, before the Father, for us. In John 16 and verse 26, Jesus made this statement. He said, in that day, talking about our day, you will ask the Father in my name, and I do not say that I will pray for you. Saying, I'm not saying I will pray for you. Means he's not praying for us. What's he saying? He's saying, You ask the Father in my 
name. So, but what's he doing there? He's meeting with the Father for us. So you can picture it like this. Saying, Father, let me introduce to you Ivan Paul. So he's standing in the presence of the Father for Ivan Paul. But who's got to do the asking? Let me hear you. Ivan Paul's got to do the asking. Because John 16, 26, Jesus said, In that day you will ask the Father in my name, and I do not say that I will ask him for you. So Ivan Paul has to do the asking, but Jesus is doing the introduction. He's standing before the Father on behalf of Ivan Paul. So when Ivan Paul comes into the presence of the Father, he doesn't have to think he'll get chased out. He won't because there's somebody interceding for Ivan Paul. Therefore the Bible says in Hebrews 4.14, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed into the heavens, let us therefore come boldly. There's a great high priest. He's standing there. He's meeting with the Father on your behalf so you can come boldly to present your request. Doesn't mean to say Jesus is doing your praying. We still have to do the praying. Amen. But you've got an advocate standing in the presence of the Father, appearing before the Father on our behalf, interceding, meaning standing there saying, He is one of us. Let me introduce Him. He's welcome in the presence of God. I paid for His sins. He's one of us. Amen? So in Christ's present day intercessory work, what's he doing? He is meeting with the Father on our behalf. So another dimension of intercession. So to intercede means to meet with. So we said intercede means to be, to go between. To intercede means to bear somebody's burden. To intercede means to meet with. Amen? Are we all understanding this? And so intercession today for you and me is really joining hands with Jesus. Because he is the great high priest. You and I are the junior priests. Amen? So we join hands with Jesus. So you can picture this in your mind. God the Father is sitting there. Uh, uh, on the throne and there's Jesus who's standing there to represent us before the Father and you come along say Jesus and Jesus thank you for representing me but today I want to represent Ramu I'm here to go between Ramu and God the Father I'm here today to bear Ramu's burdens I'm here to ask Lord that you will intervene in Ramu's life and you will you know Remove the sickness or you will uh, deliver him from this bondage or you will help him through the circumstance he is going through. That you will give him the grace and the strength to go through it, Lord. I'm here on his behalf. I'm here as his burden bearer. And Lord, I'm here to meet with you for him. Amen. We are joining hands with Jesus as we intercede. We are partnering with him. That's an intercessor. The wonderful thing is this, that all of us can do this. Amen. You don't need a PhD. You don't need some heavy, you know, theological degree. You don't need all of that. In the quietness of your own room, at home, you can say, God, I want to pray for so-and-so. I want to come before you on his behalf, Lord. I know he's going through a very difficult time. I'm just praying you give him wisdom. 
I'm praying you'll give him grace. I'm praying you'll give him strength. Whatever that person's need is, you are going between, you're pleading his case with God. You're going before God on his behalf. You are carrying his burden. You're meeting with God for him. You are being an intercessor. You're partnering with Jesus Christ in his ministry. Anyone and all of us can do this. I want to kind of close this morning by impressing on our hearts that God is looking for intercessors. God is looking for intercessors. It's almost like the lots of vacancies. Come on, fill those positions. Amen. God's looking for intercessors. We look at a few more scriptures and we close. We go to Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 16. These are probably familiar scriptures to us. Isaiah 59 and verse 16. Isaiah 59 verse 16. The Bible says in verse 15, it, talking, it talks about the condition of the, of the land. It says the truth has fallen. People have departed from evil. The Lord saw it. He wasn't happy about it. There was no justice. And verse 16. He saw that there was no man. And wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation for him. And his own righteousness it sustained him. So God looked down. He looked at the condition of the land. He saw it was evil. It was saw it was bad. What does he do next? It says. And he saw. That there was no man. And he wondered that there was no intercessor. He was like, how come there's no intercessor? So he was looking for somebody who would plead the case of this people. Somebody who would go between God and them. Somebody who would carry their burdens. Somebody who would meet with God on their behalf. But he didn't find anybody. So he wondered, how come? There was no intercessor. God is looking for intercessors. Ezekiel chapter 22. Ezekiel 22 verses 29 and 30. Ezekiel chapter 22 verses 29 and 30. The people of the land have used oppressions. They've committed robbery, mistreated the poor and needy, and they wrongfully oppress the stranger. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I should not destroy it, but I found none. Verse 31. Therefore I have poured out my indignation on them. I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. And I recompense their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord. So verse 29 describes the city. It could very well be a description of Bangalore today. There's robbery, there's violence, there's evil, there's wickedness. What does God do when he sees that kind of condition among that community, among the group of people? Verse 30 says, 
So I sought for a man. I went looking. So today God looks over Bangalore city. He sees the city. He sees all the things going on. And what does he do? He looks for a man. He looks for somebody who would make a wall and, uh, and stand in the gap before God on behalf of the land. So God's looking. MG Road, any intercessor? Yeah. Cox Town, Fraser Town, Zanagar, Bansankri, first stage, second stage. Any intercessors here? He's seeking for a man. I'm looking for a man, for somebody to stand in the gap before me for the land. He says, but I found none. Therefore, meaning because I didn't find anybody, therefore, I have to pour out my judgment. Which implies that if he does find people interceding, he will pour out his grace and mercy. Amen. That's how important you and I are. If we will stand before God on behalf of our land, instead of seeing indignation and rather of the judgment of God on our land, we can see mercy, grace, outpouring of the supernatural power of God, an outpouring of a mighty move of his spirit. In spite of the wickedness in our lands. But it depends on you and me. Amen. In Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 7. I want you to understand the background of the situation. In Jeremiah 29 and verse 7. The people of God had been taken captive into Babylon. They were in a foreign city. A foreign country. They were slaves. Captives. And God, God is speaking to them. Jeremiah 29 verse 7. And he's saying to them. Seek the peace of the city. And pray to the Lord for it. For in its peace. You will have peace. So he's saying you know. When you, you're in Babylon. You're foreign city. You don't like the smell. Don't like the food. You like Bangalore better. But you know what he's saying. Don't sit down there and sing, by the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down. Yeah, yeah, we wept. We remembered Zion. Don't fall into that state of self-pity. Instead, he says, you're in Babylon. Pray for the city. Amen? Pray for the city. Desire the peace of that city. Desire shalom in that city. Pray for that city. So many of us, you know, if you just want to kind of uh, use this as a metaphor, so many of us sometimes, we find ourselves in our Babylon. You know, I don't like to be here. I'm going through a really rough time. Oh God, I want to sing my songs. Of, you know, whatever. You get into a state of self-pity. You get into a state of, you know, nobody cares for me. But God says, when you're in Babylon, pray for that city. Pray for it. Amen. 
So look beyond your own circumstance. Look beyond your own, own difficulties and say, God, I'm going to stand in the gap for Bangalore City. I know I have my set of challenges. I know I have my set of problems. But I want to still stand on behalf of my city before you. Amen? I don't think there's anybody here who's saying, you know, I'm totally free. I'm, I'm, I'm fully qualified to pray for Bangalore because I have no problems. I can now worry about everybody else's problem. I think all of us have got some challenges in life. But in spite of it, we can say, look, I'm willing to be an intercessor. Amen. I want to close with this verse from the book of Isaiah, chapter 62, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah 62, verses 6 and 7, the Lord speaking through Isaiah says this. He says, I have set watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. They shall never hold their peace day or night. You who make mention of the Lord, do not keep silence. And give him no rest till he establishes, till he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. So God is saying, I have put watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem, city of Jerusalem. I've put watchmen on your walls. And they will put me in remembrance. The literal translation is they will be remembrancers. So inter intercessors are remembrancers. They are people who put God in remembrance. And they will give God no rest until he fulfills his prophetic destiny for that city of Jerusalem. Make it a place of peace and rest. Amen. So Bangalore needs some watchmen. Bangalore needs people who stand before God and say, God, we will put, we'll give you no rest until you come and change this city. Amen. Bangalore needs watchmen. You can be that watchman. I can be that watchman. People need mediators. We need one another to be at different stages in life to go with the gap between us and God and plead our case. People need that. Job needed an intercessor. God is looking for intercessors. Bangalore needs watchmen. Amen. As intercessors, we are go-betweens. We go between God, between God and man. There are times we also go between man and Satan. It's also part of our responsibility. We go between man and God saying in, to invite God's work into that person's life. We go between a man and what the devil is doing saying, Devil, you stop what you're doing in that person's life. I'm still an intercessor. I'm going between. I'm meeting with Satan saying, Satan, you stop what, he, what you're doing in his life. Amen. The thing is this, when you're an intercessor, people may never come and garland you. They may never come and you know, wow, you've done so much for me. No, they may never know that you prayed for them. They may never know. That's why this is such a powerful thing. But you're doing it purely, not to please man. But you're doing it purely because you love people and... You want to serve God. Amen. The nice thing is, 
All of us can do it. I want to encourage you this, this morning. Why don't you become an intercessor? There are people around you who might be like Job who need some help. They need a go-between. They need a mediator. They need somebody, a burden bearer. They need somebody who can meet with God for them. Or stand in the gap and stop Satan's work in their life. There's a city here that needs watchmen who will give God no rest until he comes and pours righteousness and pours mercy and pours grace and pours a great blessing on the city. You can do it. Amen. I was thinking of all the housewives, you know. You finish cooking your food and you finish your, uh, your housework and you've got time on your hands. Hey, powerful ministry. At home, just go before God on behalf of people that you know. Be an intercessor. You don't need anything else. Just your time and your willingness to do it. Just praying. The rest of us, you know, we might, we can be an intercessor when you're driving on the roads. You're driving your car and you see all the people around you say, God, all these people, they need Jesus. I pray you will visit our city and touch the lives of these people. You're an intercessor. You may be sitting in a restaurant getting ready to eat and you see people on all the other tables. You say, God, I see all these beautiful people. I pray you will touch them. I pray that you will reveal Jesus to them. You're being an intercessor. You're walking to the mall. See the hundreds of people in the mall. Take a few moments. Say, God, I know I came to do some shopping here, but I'll also be an intercessor. God, I see all these hundreds of people going to this mall today. Many of them don't know Jesus. Lord, please visit Bangalore. Please, Lord, pour out your spirit. Please, Lord, let these people come to Jesus Christ. You're being an intercessor. Amen? It just requires a heart and willingness to do it. You can do it anywhere. Maybe you drive 45 minutes to work. Hey, at least half an hour of that 45 minutes, you can send just praying, saying, God, touch these areas that I'm driving, going through, these homes, these families. Many of them don't know Jesus. Touch them, Lord. You're being an intercessor. Amen. You know what's going on in the church. You might meet somebody who says, you know, hey, I'm just going through a tough time looking for a job. I've been without a job the last six months. Don't have to tell them, oh, I'll pray for you. You'll get a job in 24 hours. Don't say anything. Just keep that in your mind. Tomorrow morning, wake up. Say, God. You know that, that person told me last six months he's looking for a job. Father, I pray for him. I pray you'll have mercy, grace, Lord. Meet his need because you're the good shepherd. You're being an intercessor. Amen. Don't need to, you know, just, just all of us can be intercessors. Very simple. Be willing to go between man and God. Let's rise up to our feet. We'll continue talking more about this next Sunday. But as we stand to your feet and call the worship team up, please. I want you to pray and say, God, I want to be an intercessor.